I'm pretty excited about this podcast here. So today, ladies and gentlemen, I have Luke with me in the studio. And so Luke's going to break down a little thing. Oh, actually, what? What's it? Uh, 2018. 2018? July of last year. Wow. So this is brand new. But what yeah. it is, it's, it's Life Out There. Now, you can go to their website, lifeoutthere.com, and it is a blog, correct? Yep. Yep. Very cool. So, and, I, and the blog is very well written here. Now, Luke does most of the content, and his his way he writes everything is very spot on. Opinion on what he what he experiences and what he writes about. And so, why don't you give us a little background about where you're from to give the listeners an understanding the the foundation and the inspiration behind life out there? Yeah, certainly. Um, from a small town city here in uh, West Central Wisconsin, Jackson County, grew up an outdoorsy family, kind of like. Typical story for a lot of people that are into the outdoors. Um, mm-hmm. Tag along with my dad, hunting, fishing, um, just everything growing up. Had several great friends that uh, also loved hunting and fishing, so we spent a lot of time together trying to improve our skills and oh, yeah? passions uh-huh. and, and all that. So always been fortunate to have close relationships with people that enjoy the, the same passions that I do, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it's hunting, fishing, ATVing, hiking, I mean, whatever it, whatever it may be. Very cool. Um, and now my, my wife and I, we have our own little slice of heaven out in the country. Oh, yeah? Um, How many acres are you sitting on? Uh, we're only sitting on 18, but we kind of... That's, that's yeah. heaven right there. Yeah. We joke with our family quite often about it's almost like a, a wildlife exhibit out the back door. Of course, we always see the typical deer and turkeys and rabbits, coyotes, uh-huh. uh, but see a lot of bobcats and now... No kidding. What about recently, bears? Um, I had on, on camera and the neighbors have seen them, okay. but I've never actually seen one. Good luck. Yeah. But we, we see quite a few elk now, so. No, that's right. Cause you're, yeah. you're, you're right Up near, in Jackson County and that's right. they let yeah. those go and yeah, between our house right in our backyard and then some of the close neighbors, big farm fields. I've seen um, them. Yeah. So those sounds like you get, you're right in the right homestead. Now it's just got to keep expanding as we got to go from 18 to <laughs> yeah. 20 to 25 yeah. to 30. That might be kind of tough cause a lot of the, the farmers around are, um, I mean, family farms for decades, so they've mm-hmm. got their property mm-hmm. and they're not going to sell it. And I don't blame them because it's, yeah. it's beautiful out there. Oh yeah, exactly. Especially now since elk has been released in that little yep. area right there, it's, it's going to be heaven. Cause yep. it's like, we're, we're, we're eventually going to be back to where we were. Cause it's like, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but like we used to have, uh, back in the forties, there was a small herd that we induced, but it, they were all, they were all shot out because of poachers. Oh, okay. And so mm-hmm. then after that, we just kind of left dormant. Then 94, when Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation established a chapter here and written all the bylaws and laws. So like a lot of the money that was purchased, like I think it was, I think it was like 75 cents per dollar goes back into the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Okay. And I have no idea what the governor's tag went for this year, but I bet it had to go for a pretty penny. And then, yeah. then it started off our inaugural season. We had somebody <laughs> yeah. make the, make the news and it's like, you're going out with the guide and the guide screwed up too. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, you know, that was, that was poor choice. Yeah, I mean, exactly. One of those things that it's the, the first, the first season in a long time for elk in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be clo- paying close attention to what happens. Oh, yes. It's, it's, it's literally under the microscope. <laughs> yeah, so uh, 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 it was terrible. Now, Luke and I have a, a mutual friend, Ryan Nordahl, which uh, his podcast will be releasing here pretty soon. Now, how did you two meet? I, it's just been one of those things where we both have the same passions uh, in the outdoors and him being from the area and myself being from the area, just kind of know each other through that way. And uh-huh. he's doing a 
doing a really successful habitat business now. And Yeah. Uh, when I sat down with him here a few weeks ago, he was really passionate about it. He really yeah. gave us a really good picture of everything what he wants to do. And he said he's got some really interesting projects coming up in the future. Yeah. Then I was telling you, like, I'm going to be heading up to his place again. And he wants to focus on how to get the spring cleaning going. So I think that's pretty neat. Oh, yeah, now, definitely. have you picked his brain about how you're going to manicure your 18 acres? No, I haven't really run that by him. Being that I've, I spend a lot of time researching on my own too. I mean, obviously Ryan is very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time looking at other ideas and mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. way that my property lays out, uh, it's kind of difficult to do much to it, but mm-hmm. I've got some ideas this spring to to start working on that, clearing some timber and, and setting up some sanctuaries and uh-huh. some bedding and, and switchgrass. And so, and I've always put food plots out back and very but. smart because this way you always feed them throughout the year because i mean especially like the last two weeks have been really winter i think yeah, winter yeah, just finally got here yeah it's been tough on the deer and mm-hmm. yeah um last year actually about this time uh some of my standing corn it was a i mean attractant for for deer and because mm-hmm. with the the tough winter and um happened to be drawn in bobcats too and one of the bobcats took down a full-grown doe right in the backyard uh, my wife was watching the whole thing, so no kidding. Uh, she called me, and I grabbed the phone, asked her what was going on, and uh, she, what did she say? She's like, "What, what kind of cat would take down a deer?" I said, "Well, does it have a long tail or a short tail?" Uh huh. And she's like, "Short tail." I'm like, "Well, that's a bobcat." She's like, "Well, it's killing the deer right now." So I threw the phone down, jumped in the jeep, and drove home as fast as I could, and. Got there just as the the bobcat was kind of finishing off the deer, strangling it. Wow! Uh, yeah, it was it was very intense. That is crazy. Now, yeah. did, you, did you hear about the guy in Colorado that that yeah, I just beat read the that. mountain lion? I yeah, couldn't believe I it. I just like, read Jesus. that story. Yep, yep, that was insane. Now, anybody out there that's uh, that uh, has ever encountered a big cat like that, it's like or know about those big cats. Cats are known to go straight for the kill. They go yep. for right for the neck. Yep. Now, uh, but somehow he managed to muster it up. I mean, he is his yeah. inner he man came out and said, yeah. "I am not going to die today." Yeah, I don't know how he managed to do that, but that is that's impressive. I tell you what, though, if I was ever going to be killed by a predator, it better be a, uh, a cat because I w- I would not want to be eaten <laughs> by a bear or uh, wolves or something yeah. like that. Because man, they pick at you and they yeah. they'll eat you while you're still alive. And it's like, man, that just oh just scares you. It's just yep. like, but it's just crazy. Now here, get this. Two years ago, three years ago, we were out in uh, hiking or walking around Myrick Park there on the on the, okay. the marsh. They're close to sixteen. Yep. Came across uh, Alicia saw a skull upside down, and we didn't what it, we didn't know what it was, and we yep. or she just caught it by her. I walked up and I grabbed it and I flipped it over, and it's like, well, we're we're looking at examining. We weren't quite one hundred percent sure. So what we did is we reached out to the DNR. They patches. They gave us the email to to email the head uh, uh, biologist. Biologist. Or? There okay. we go. Yeah. Well, it's a bear. Come to find, it was a brown bear. Really? Yeah. We have no idea how it got there. I'm assuming since it was just the top half of the skull and the bottom jaw, and we didn't find anything, no other bones around it, yeah. I figured that maybe it got picked up by an eagle or something like that and just dro- and got, huh. happened to get dropped there. So wow. that was completely random. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. So wow. and we still actually got the skull yeah. sitting in one of my boxes back over here. <laughs> so yeah, it was it, it was pretty gnarly when we saw it. It was like it was pretty exciting. And we asked them if they wanted. It. It's like no, nah, we don't need it. It's like because it's it's a common specimen. So yeah. we actually I've never had it measured. So it's like it's one of those things where it's like it's, it's just a cool yeah. thing to find. Yeah, definitely. And one of those things you never know. So now, how did you get into the outdoors? Um, I mean that's just 
being in that outdoorsy family and, and spending mm-hmm. time with friends and family. And I got you. Yeah. So who was your biggest influence? Was it like your, your dad, grandpa, um, uncles? Yeah, no, it was probably my dad. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously my grandpa, he was big into it. And um, on my dad's side of the family, my mom's side of the family isn't so much into hunting. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, my dad was the biggest influence. And then um, just being able to grow up in a in a small town where a lot of the kids my age Mm-hmm. wanted to also be out there hunting fishing doing all that mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. it was very easy to to stick with it very so. smart i like it i like it so what types of hunting do you do do you all uh, do because then because you also work with mike as well yeah uh pretty much anything i can find time for um i spend spend a fair amount of time in the fall with my dog chasing pheasants um i saw that i'm a little yeah. jealous i love hunting pheasants yeah i got 1100 i got 12 i got uh, 125 rounds <laughs> i haven't put one through yet because yeah. like seeing pheasants are so hard it's like yeah. like i draw i spent a lot of time on 90 and a lot of that uh, crp land all that oh, yeah. Yeah. hardly see one and i saw one this past two weeks ago sunday okay and it was just it was walk around it's like man you're awfully ballsy man because there's yeah. a lot of eagles a lot oh, of bald yeah. eagles and it's like if you would have been spotted you'd have been would have been there but man pheasants are yeah. so beautiful God, yeah it's like absolutely stunning pheasants can kind of be the it's almost like they can be the dumbest bird until you're trying to hunt them, and then they're smart. And but yeah, like you yeah, said, good old ditch, ditch kitchen yeah. or ditch uh, chickens, according to um, uh, Ryan uh, from um, First Layers. Like when oh, I heard that, it's like that's dude, hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they they're a beautiful bird though. Um, so yeah, I'm getting into this time of year. I try and do my part and get after the coyotes. Um, had some success bear hunting in the past. Oh yeah, did you get uh, drawn yeah. this year, or did you put, it, or did you even apply? I actually, for the past probably six years now, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess it would be six years. I've just been applying for points. Okay. Um, so one of those things that if I wanted to get back into it, I could just put in for a kill tag and get that. Since people in our area are getting that like one year, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. I shot one in 2013 with my bow. Wow. Um, it wasn't a, a monster by any means, but. Mm-hmm. It was fun, um, and I actually that same year um, I had a bait that was getting hit. Not not real regular, but a buddy. Um, they weren't having any luck on one of their baits, so I offered up that they come and sit on one of mine, and I shot mine on a Sunday, I believe. Okay. And on Tuesday, I dropped them off at my other bait. Okay. And his kid was going. And he was going to use a rifle, so they set up a ground blind mm-hmm. and dropped him off, went in, baited, and then I left while mm-hmm. they sat in the ground blind. And it wasn't half an hour later they called and said that they shot one. So it was that was awesome to have have him be able to harvest his bear. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll get back into it eventually with the bear hunting. But mm-hmm. um, starting to get obsessed with elk hunting now. I don't blame you, especially when you have yeah. them really like literally in your back door, in yeah. your backyard. Now, did you get one this past? No, what? no, no. Um, okay. So there's four of us that went, and none of us harvested an elk. Mm-hmm. But it was, I mean, it was a trip of a lifetime almost. Yeah, I bet. It was so much fun, beautiful well, scenery. And even if you didn't harvest anything, it's still learning because you still. It's, oh yeah. It's like it, I was listening to Newberg and stuff like that, and he says it's like most people don't shoot him in their first couple of years when they go out there, but it's yeah. the amount of knowledge you learn and how to talk to them and stuff like that. Yeah. And even if they're not bugling, they're still like he was explained to. Even though they may not be talking or bugling, they're still going to be rutting around, you oh, know, because yeah. yeah. they still have they have that small window in the in the in the uh, 
in the spring where they have to get all their fawns out and stuff like that. And if they don't mate during this, during this week or two week time frame, it's going to screw up the whole entire thing. And on top of that too, it's like they, instead of having the, like the, the calves drop throughout the, throughout the spring, they do it all at one time to help to over, to help the population avoid predation from it. Yep. Cause if you spread them all out, well now the, the wolves can come and pick them off and stuff like that. Well, then if you do them all at once, it's like they can keep them all in a herd yeah. and have that, that, the, the mass number of intimidation. So, yep. Now, what is your favorite type of hunting? Um, I'd have to say right now my my favorite type of hunting is probably whitetail hunting, mm-hmm. um, and especially with a bow. Um, but I got a buddy that I was never huge into turkey hunting until probably six or seven years ago. Okay, and my one of my best friends he was like a diehard turkey hunter, mm-hmm. so he finally convinced me that that we were going to go turkey hunting. I okay, was go with him and. Ever since then, he's he's got me hooked on that. Very but cool. I think that as of right now, it's whitetails. Um, no, as for, for when we go out hunting with turkey, do you use a bow or do you use a shotgun? Um, I have actually done both. Both. Um, what do you sp- prefer? Uh, in the spring, I I typically always use a shotgun, but I mm-hmm. want to get into using a bow more often. Mm-hmm. Um, in the fall, I shot one. When was that? A couple of years ago now, behind my house in the fall mm-hmm. with my bow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I pretty much just get a fall tag just while I'm bow hunting in case you something never comes know by. But yeah, I was able to spot and stock one by in my house with a bow. So well, that was pretty fun. It off? Cause, because from what I understand, like I was listening to one of Dudley's podcasts, he was talking about turkey's eyes are, have oh, a yeah. magnification of three times better than ours. It's like yep. you manage to sneak up on one. It's like, if that's a pretty turkey, impressive. If a turkey could smell, I don't think mm-hmm. you could kill them. They're God insane. No. So mm-hmm. it's... They're a very smart yeah. bird. Yeah, it's a challenge. But I think... Yeah, I want to get into hunting more with my with my bow, um, mm-hmm. maybe a crossbow or something. I was listening to uh, um, uh, Launch Code. It's a, it's one put on by a Black Rifle Con- Black Rifle Coffee Company. Okay, yep. and they were saying it's like if you're going to go after for uh, birds for turkey, if you're going with a bow, you got to go for their feet because if because if you, they you could clip them, but they can run forever. Yeah, and sometimes you'll you'll never be able to to recover them because they don't have a lot of blood in the first place. No, so it's no. like they said, go for the legs. Or if you get close enough, you, there's a company called uh, Veteran IP. They're based out of Texas, and okay. they they have a patented uh, guillotine. Oh yeah. And the yep. thi- if, uh, that, oh yeah, I've seen that. That's I've, I've seen that's it, insane. I've seen an action against a uh, a ostrich. Those things are sharp. Oh yeah. It it it, it cut off, cut almost all I had left was probably like a quarter of an inch left. That's yeah. it. And otherwise, it cut yep. right off. That it, it that is, would be the ultimate challenge. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Lop the head off. You got to get them with twenty yards, and the best. Yeah. Way, and they advise the best way to practice with those with, with is with the a pillow, and it has yep. and you use um feathers. Yep. This way, then it, it, when you when it hits your target, this way you can kind of learn the arc, look how learn how fast it travels. Plus, it's like when you when it, the blade will the blades will stick in something soft. You yeah. don't have to worry about room because those things are expensive. Oh yeah, especially yeah. like the good high end ones that use a surgical steel. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I'm I'm coming up on my. Fourth spring season, I've been this to be my fifth, sixth season altogether, and I still haven't been able to bag one yet. But it's yeah. like I, I showed my friend that there. I have a couple of friends of mine that were with Axe Outdoors that are really big into turkey hunting, yeah. and I showed him my call. I was like, "Yeah, get rid of that garbage. That's <laughs> garbage." Yeah. So this this spring we're going to be hitting. We're uh, we're gonna go to a couple public lands places around here, yep. and we're gonna go out and hopefully I can finally uh, bag a turkey. Yeah, and then I have a. I had some property out in Minnesota too that I hunted, and, and I have a video like last fall where I I counted well over forty hens. Oh yeah, only eight toms. 
<laughs> yeah, that's gonna like, make it a challenge. And I, I watched them come in off the field where they were wherever they were roosting at, and I watched them march right into the neighbor's property. It's like, oh, this is gonna suck. Because yeah. then the, our neighbor next door doesn't like hunting, and so this past uh, fall we were out hunting, and he would be he'd come out and start shooting a shotgun off. Huh. Not in our direction, just starting. It's like, I don't know why you're being so rude. Because, like, yeah. la- cause, well, last year I can understand because it's like we knocked on the guy's door at six o'clock in the morning. And it's like, well, I don't know if the guy's retired or not. So it's like, we got to get, we we have a timeline to get this all taken care of. Yep. Cause, and we, well, luckily we found it right away. But the guy was not very nice, very rude. And it's like, I can see why you're single. <laughs> and it's like, I was telling Alicia, like, th- he's probably the reason why prostitution should be legal because he probably won't be such a prick. <laughs> No, we. I don't yeah. really swear on this podcast. We want. I want to keep it um, PG for the for kids stuff. But man, you oh, you always got those one people. Now the cool thing is too. Now get this: that all fifty states have um and uh, uh and uh, laws or laws to protect hunters from harassment. Oh yeah, yep. And so it's pretty interesting about yeah. that. I was listening to uh, Pat Durkin on uh, about his, his breakdown of everything like that. And so like, that's pretty smart because it keeps people from being. Being that way, oh, yeah. like I said, they're hoping and hollering, yelling at you, and you just call up the DNR. It's like, hey, I'm getting harassed, yeah. and it's like they're gonna know exactly. Then they can come and cite him, and it's like you need to stop this because yep. it's not, it's not right. Just it's not right. No, no. And so, any success of whitetail hunting in the last few years? Um, this last year was uh, somewhat of a down year for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the the elk hunt, I kind of put all my energy into focusing on that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I. Not that I didn't have any drive to go whitetail hunting, but it was just kind of like it was on the back burner this year. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And from my my previous couple seasons that were the the best seasons I've ever had, mm-hmm. um, it was just kind of I was on like an ultimate high there. So it was kind of like my expectations were, oh, well, it was going to be tough to beat. So mm-hmm. I I just didn't have any luck um, the last year. Um, had some saw some nice deer just nothing that i was looking for um in 2016 i at that point i shot my biggest buck then how big Uh, was he he was uh 156 inches shot him in october um hunting a cold front Mm -hmm. and so he was the biggest one i shot and then in 2017 um topped that one with a 185 inch non-typical so wow. that's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it will be. Uh, ever since then, it's just kind of like, obviously I want to top that or I want to shoot a mature buck. Um, mm-hmm. Score isn't everything, but I want to shoot something mature. Um, so let's see what happens. hundred percent agree. And like what we've, like I wasn't successful this year either. Cause it's not for lack of trying. I was trying yeah. a different approach and where we were hunting at, we had a lot of corn sta- standing corn that yep. didn't, didn't remove until after, Halloween, yep. but what we found though is like consistently every year we have we I've been hunting this one buck we call him Dark Man, and he I've been hunting him for four years, and this will be my fifth year hunting him. Hopefully, cross my fingers it'll show up. I haven't checked my cameras since um, let's see here right after second gun season, so it'd probably been the first weekend or second weekend of December. Okay, and yeah. I haven't checked my cameras since then, so hopefully he'll be coming around there. Yeah. And uh, my goal is to be able to take him. Now, this year we had a brand new buck, never seen him before. Yeah. And uh, Alicia, uh, my fiance, she ended up calling him, uh, dubbing him Maverick. And that's what, <laughs> that's what spun this whole 80s thing. And we have some pretty good bucks on camera, yeah. but it's like this year when so we couldn't pattern him at all. Yeah. And it's, they were all during the daytime, so it was like, it lets me know that we were doing something right by not being overhunting it. Yeah. But it's just one of those things, it, was just, it just all came down timing. But Halloween this year and the year before and the year before, 
all ca- trail cam pictures put bucks on camera in the daytime in Halloween. Yeah. So it's like, well, we we, we know that this year Halloween falls on a Friday, I think. No, it's Thursday, one or two. So we're gonna we're just gonna take those days off, turn into a five day hunt, yeah. and then um, the landowner I get to hunt is really nice guy. So the nice thing is he hates turkeys, so it's like go after him. Bring <laughs> you, you. I don't care how many people bring. I just I hate turkeys because yeah. he was explaining to me that when he was younger that uh, there was a guy that used to torment turkeys. He used to work at a turkey farm. There's a few of them spread throughout northern Iowa, southern Minnesota. Yeah. But what he do is they put he put uh, a red mark on a tail feather, and see when turkeys see that it's a sign of weakness in them, and all my turn around turn to cannibalism they just yeah. they're just a big old <laughs> murder orgy oh, it's like they just go after them because they're they're technically a they're part of the vulture family so they're like they'll go after meat too as well they're a very interesting dumb bird but they're pretty though yeah oh God, yeah they're pretty yeah they're beautiful birds especially like uh and then you listen to like right now we are in the what we consider the good old days of turkey hunt whitetail hunting because because of the foundation our Father, grandfather, great grandfather put into, and when Teddy Theodore Roosevelt was in office, putting in all this all this legislation, removing mark hunting. It's like thanks to thanks to those guys, we we you and I are living in in the best time in this in in the history of the United States post Civil War to be hunting. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Now, life out there. What is life out there? Well, life out there is really just a couple of buddies that um, got together and started a blog in order to share our experiences, mm-hmm. uh, both our success and failures, because um, mm-hmm. we have a lot of both. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of hoping to help get people involved in the outdoors and, and learn from what we've done, uh, while also having having other people respond back to us mm-hmm. so that we can mm-hmm. learn from them. Um, how so how is what's how has it been a response rate from people ch- uh, emailing you or talking to you guys about their successes? Or oh, failures? it's been great. Um, I mean, you throw out a, an Instagram post or a blog, mm-hmm. and people will comment back and and let us know what worked for them or or mm-hmm. what their thoughts are on something, and uh, so then we can look at that more and research that more and see if yeah, that's something we want to try, or mm-hmm. or we'll just try it and see how it works. Fair enough. That's a good uh, point. So you, you so. You also you so you there's a couple of guys. I know you have Mike Lindahl. He's one of the yep. one of the uh, um, one of the other people that contribute to your yeah. Uh, Mike it, Mike and I are pretty much the I guess the two founders, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He puts out a lot of content as well, um, and so it's really I mean it's just basically the two of us. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mike has worked in the outdoor industry for several years uh, for a couple different companies, so he has a lot of contacts. Okay, and knows a lot of a lot of great people and with a lot of knowledge. Well, that's good. So we're that's trying wonderful. to trying to push them a little bit and get them to to write some blogs and, mm-hmm. and give some ideas. Mm-hmm. And the, it's been great. We've gotten a couple thus far, and we'll have a few more coming. Yeah, um, just to just to share their knowledge as well. That's uh, good. Yeah, because now I've, I've been talking to Mike throughout the last um, week and a half or so after Ryan introduced me to you two. And now you, he's on the, the circuit for uh, a lot of expos. Now, what company is he currently working for? He works for Velocity Outdoors. And they're kind of an umbrella company. I think they have six six different companies that they own. Okay. Um, like Crossman, Airgun, Centerpoint uh, Archery, and Optics. Uh, laser max and then um i want to say it was in like march or sometime in early 2018 velocity actually bought raven crossbows 
No kidding. Yeah, so he's he's um one of the senior account managers for Raven and and a couple of the other uh, companies under Velocity. Very cool because I mean their yeah. their their 2019 uh, launch is just spectacular. Yeah, 430. Yeah, yeah there, there's some sharp balls, but I tell you what, they're well, they're well worth the money. Because if if I wasn't able, because I had um, with my elbow, I had golfer's elbow, yeah. and if I wasn't able to fix it, I was gonna to, I was gonna start looking at crossbows and Raven and Gearhead Archery out of uh, here in Wisconsin would have been the two that I would have looked at because yeah. both of them make superior bows. They're lightweight, they're accurate, they're yep. fast. Granted, they're, they're by any means not cheap, but you're, you yeah. get what you pay yeah. for. I mean, you literally get what you pay for. Yeah. Uh, and, before Mike even started working for Raven, uh, my father-in-law, he bought a, a Raven crossbow. Uh-huh. And I think it was just the R10 or R9 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of went over there and we were shooting it the one day after he just got it, sighting it in. And mm-hmm. it was unbelievable. We just, I mean, hitting the X's over and over. So we're like, all right, we'll go out a little bit further. Mm-hmm. 90 yards, still drop them in there. 100 yards, still drop them in mm-hmm. there. We went out to 125 yards, shooting off of a frozen pond over to a shed. Mm-hmm. Just perfect. Wow. Because yeah. I've seen insane. I've seen some people get them out to 200 yards and yeah. just dropping them yeah. right in there. It's like, it's, a, it's almost as accurate as a gun. It's like, but the thing is, it's like, it's still not, now how fast, that probably a question I should ask Mike when he comes on the podcast. Uh, for those who are uh, listening here, it's that um, I'll, in the future, Mike's going to be on the podcast as an individual, as a solo, and then I'm going to have them both back on again, and we can talk to them. W- either way, they're going to both be on together, so I'm just waiting to to find out what how Mike's schedule is going to be because like we got to discussing, he this he's in the expo mode right now, and he's got them all pretty much all the way up until, what, May? is. Yeah. I Honestly, I don't even know his schedule anymore. He's just a busy guy <laughs> yeah but you know it's a it, it, it's 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 a blessing in disguise because yep. you know yep, you get to is. do it you get to do what you love every day and the best part is you're not talking about one product you're talking about six yep, yep. and he's in the outdoor industry and it's yeah it's perfect so that is very true because like i got in the whole thing just to start meeting people because like i want to go out to wyoming and hunt montana to hunt and like it's, it's just the reason why i got it. i've been in the outdoor industry for six years now come up six year and i just started by just being on instant twitter yeah. And then and that exploded into meeting a few of my best, my some some dear friends of mine, yeah. and then some of my first sponsorships. And now they're like, I'll rep them to the day I die until the until the company goes under or so yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But it's like these people that uh, gave me a chance, and it's like I just kind of ran with it and just kept working and kept working and kept working and kept working. So it's crazy. Yeah, so, it, it. I mean, it all really pretty much started with uh, last July when Mike he kind of approached me and just. Mm-hmm threw an idea out there and said, Hey, you want to start a blog with me? Uh, uh-huh. I had just finished up a, doing a little article for Wisconsin buck and bear. Okay. Their whitetail classics magazine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just a short little thing. And I enjoyed doing that. So being that I've known Mike for my entire life, I know what his passions are for the outdoors and mm-hmm. hunting, fishing. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. We can start that. So kind of bouncing some ideas back and forth off each other and, and shortly after that, life out there was was started. So very cool. It was a very fast process, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty much Mike's idea, and so we just kind of rolled with it. And it's just the two of you right now as contributors, yep. correct? Yep. So far, um, very cool. I mean, we've had a couple other guys that we've put blogs out with thus far, and there will be more coming in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, there's a lot of people with a lot of information out there. So yeah, there is. We want to share everybody's knowledge if we can. That's why I like got into podcasts because like one of uh, one of my uh, 
I don't know what to call him. It's not necessarily my. Uh, he's just he's one of the guys that works with. He runs the uh, Bucks of Kentucky, and uh, he uh, does a great job writing blogs. He wanted us to write them, but I, I don't, I'm not a writer. I'm a talker, yeah. and so like, well, I'll do the podcast. You know, it's like yeah. I like doing it. I like getting to be in front of people, and and if this. Uh, keeps on exploding like it has been. I mean, this month alone, I have eight podcasts lined up. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of window time, but man, it's going to be so much fun. Long as the oh, weather yeah. heads up, holds out, you know, because it's like we, we had freezing snow yesterday. We have five to eight inches coming tomorrow, and you squeezed in here today. Yep, yep. And it's like, it was like, you know, it's, it just, the, the, the gods are, are on our side. Like, <laughs> this is awesome. And then this weekend too, it's like um, in the cities, no snow on Saturday, no snow on Sunday. Yep. But as I come back though, it's supposed to drop about a half inch here in the cross area. Okay. But I just got to keep an eye on it to make it plan. Now um, I got a big old F uh, two fifty diesel out there, so it's like I'm not too worried about it. But it's like I I, I I'm not going to be overly confident because like yeah. I had uh, my my tail end come out here a few weeks ago from behind me. It's like I'll tell you what, that's scary, man. Because yeah. it's like it's, it's a five thousand pound vehicle, and it's like all and this is on the bridge. You know, like, you know that bridge goes between Minnesota and Wisconsin. Yep. Well, yeah. I tell you what, that's scary. That is some scary stuff right there. Yeah. But unique thing is like with that engine, it's so powerful. I love the the uh, the accelerator and all of a sudden just line right back up because it has so much torque in it because it's a 7.3 liter diesel yeah. and this is a, 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 a the um, international engine so this is back when Ford was smart and outsourcing <laughs> their engine to everybody else yeah <laughs> and yep. it's like I tell you what I, I've had more people offer uh, like four five six grand for the truck just because they love the engine and yeah. it has under a hundred thousand miles it's, wow. it's it's a toy hauler so it's not a daily driver it sets yeah, it's like uh, let's see here. Usually, I drive it maybe once or twice a month. That's about it. Like this weekend's gonna be the most action it's seen in almost a month. Nice, because it's like it's. Just, I, I I we work all in town. It's like I walk to work, and yeah. uh, yeah. uh, Alicia she uh, drives to work, but she works again outdoors. And I'll tell you what, man, it's gonna be some awesome things when because uh, um, she gets some really killer deals and the stuff that that they're doing right now, and and the the store is like a, a mini mall of all the different companies that the, the, the main uh, guy owns. Yeah. And so it's like, it's like he's bringing all this American uh, money back into his stores. It's like, everything's pretty much all made in America except for the, the handful of stuff that's outsourced, you know, but yeah. it's just great stuff. Yeah. Now, um, so what do you guys all write about? Um, pretty much anything that's related to the outdoors. Um, mm -hmm. we just try and put out blogs on, on all of that. Uh, I got a few of them out there on mm -hmm. our, our elk trip gear lists. Um, okay. How it went and, and our thoughts on it. Uh, I got a couple out there on, on whitetail hunting and hunting in general, as far as, um, success or uh -huh. just time that we've had out there and, mm -hmm. and what it's meant to us. Um, uh, let's see what else do we have out there food plots because mike he used to used to work in the food plot industry um so he has a lot of knowledge with that mm -hmm. so he's put out several um great articles on on food plots and his thoughts and mm -hmm. tips mm -hmm. and, and so we're just going to keep pushing out as much as we can um on anything outdoor related hunting fishing um eventually i want to put out some on like camping and hiking and i mean just enjoying the outdoors very cool it makes sense that yeah because i was reading your articles today and one of them really stood i thought that was really well written was your 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 thoughts on the rx1 from hoyt so how many bows did you end up trying before you decided because you went from the hoyt charger to this cadillac of a, of a yeah, bow yeah um i i mean i researched everything that was out there okay um i had some ideas on kind of what specs i wanted to mm -hmm. kind of to be in the neighborhood of 
Um, and then I shouldn't say I researched everything. There was a few bows that I overlooked that I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And come I saw that you, you, you commented about the APA yep, bow. Yep. Oh, if I, I would have, those are nice. They're yeah, a nice. Bow. If I would have released the, the blog before I had bought my bow, mm-hmm. um, I could have used what life out there is all about and used some comments on that mm-hmm. and actually spent some time and effort, uh, looking into a couple other options. Very um, cool. But yeah, I, after all the ones that I looked through, uh, my top three were the the Hoyt, uh, the Matthews Verdicts, and then the the Bowtech um, SR6. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Putting those three through the ringer, um, I was, I mean, they're great bows, all three of them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great ones out there. So I just started looking for the best deals and happened to find a, a hardly used RX1 that was mm-hmm. the right price, and I love it. So Yeah. I can understand that. Now, when you um, were doing your research, now were you looking only at on paper, or were you actually out shooting different bows? Uh, I initially was looking on paper okay. for the specs mm-hmm. and to kind of get an idea, okay, I want to be in this range. Uh, so I, I was looking just on the internet at first, and then once I started to narrow it down some, mm-hmm. then I'd go into different shops and just even just picking up a bow. And, oh, no, I don't really care for that one. Um, and the, the Bowtech and the Matthews and the Hoyt were the three that I spent the most time shooting. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I mean, that's one thing that I would recommend to everybody is it doesn't matter the price point, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is shoot everything that you can mm-hmm. and figure out what feels the best, what, I mean, just what works the best for you. And then after you decide which one is the best, if yeah. it's... Say it happens to be a the brand new Hoyt RX3, mm-hmm. and you don't want to spend sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars. Well, then wait for a couple months. Look for those guys that are selling used ones that they've had for a couple months, and they're just trying to offload it because mm-hmm. they want the next best thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and pick up a used one. That's very true. So whether whether it's out of your price range, brand new or not, mm-hmm. still go shoot it. Oh yeah, I know. When I first got in shooting, I I uh, shot. This was back in 2015, so I shot the no-cam. I shot um, every Hoyt they have, the Spider ZT, the Spider uh, 34. I went and shot Botex. I shot the uh, uh, APAs, Missions. Uh, let's see here, Marlins. I shot, I, like, I want to I test everything out yep. there. And it's yep. like, then I came across a the Hoyt Factor 34, yep. and it just, it just felt comfortable for me. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I, you know, it's like, and it was just one of those things where it's like same situation. The guy had him having really severe so- shoulder sh- surgery, yep. can never pick up a bow again in his life. Gave it back to him. I only paid five hundred, no, six fifty for it. Yeah, and he only had maybe fifteen arrows to it, brand spanking new, no scratches on yep. it. So I yep. couldn't. It's just right time, right place. Yeah, exactly. I got a fuse kit for it. I didn't didn't need to go above and beyond. I got a simple uh, whisker biscuit. And then I started doing more research. Then it's like, because I didn't know what uh, drop um, rest it or what rest it should go with. Yeah. And so then it's like, I started listening to Joe, uh, John Dudley. I started looking at uh, yep. HDX. Then I then I, then it's like the naturalist Dudley is talking about the uh, um, SmackDown Pros. And it's like, and he, and he really loves the rim driven. And he said yep. it's, it's so consistent that he uses it all on his target bows. And like, well, this guy is... 
Oh yeah, he's the master. Well, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Yep. It's like, yep. all right, you know, I I went with it, and it's like, and it was 120 bucks. I, I'll I'll never switch. I love it. It's yeah. quiet. It's reliable. It's consistent. And then I got uh, my fiance that too for her bow, and it's like, oh, it's like it's just gonna be it's just the consistency from it, yep. and it's really easy to it's so, so somewhere to go awry on it. It's like I can easily fix it myself there on the field. Yeah, yeah simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's why I, why I like doing it. So and then now. You spend a lot of time, like when you write your 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 gear breakdown. It's like I noticed that like Mike's is very straightforward, few pieces here, but he's very big in the Sitka, which is a fantastic brand by any oh, means yeah, out there. Definitely. But I noticed like yours, like you you have bits and pieces for everything. So now, how did you come to the conclusion about why you like the um, light or first light um, uh, boxers, but you like the Sitka over uh, outer layer and yeah. like what came to what what brought you to conclusion about why all these specific products for different layers? Again, it was just kind of uh, looking at, at what other people were using, mm-hmm. um, what they recommended, and then I was trying to basically outfit myself for, for our elk trip um, as budget-minded as I could. Okay. So, I mean, that's kind of how I came across Scree Gear. Uh, yeah, I saw they, that. So tell me a little about Scree Gear because I've never heard of them. Yeah, so, so it's, a, it's a company out in Utah. Okay. Um, and... Essentially, they produce articles of clothing similar to like a First Light or Kuyu or, or Sitka, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the Western type stuff. And it's it's more budget-minded. Um, mm-hmm. They're, they're kind of starting to get up in that same range with, because it seems like for those higher-end companies, you got to pay a premium. Yes. Um, but Scree is, is more budget-friendly. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the gear that I have from them is top-notch. I love it. Um, but, I mean playing off of like first light stuff that's great stuff too and and sitka um it's kind of like mike he being in the outdoor industry um he can kind of he would get perks every now and then from coming across and meeting people Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. get the right contacts and so he can at times get discounts on certain things Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. uh, that helps him outfit himself on stuff and then he comes to realize that yeah sitka stuff is crazy awesome <laughs> i'm not gonna argue with that but mm. it's it's spendy yes it is so, yes it is yeah but the nice thing is when you buy sitka though like the, the warranty is phenomenal oh, yeah, yeah. and most people when you buy it's like you're good for a lot of years yeah. especially like if you're 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 five year six into your hunting career now for like for like for me i'm at in my mid-20s for when it comes in from a hunting career because i started when i was 10 yeah. and so and i really didn't really take whitetail seriously until about eight years ago and so then it's like that's when i started putting some research into it i came across a company based out of maple grove or it's based out of cities you know it's called okay. wsi sports gear okay and uh what, what triggered me into buying is that we saw them on a facebook video where they were all out playing football touch football yeah. and all they're wearing were their base layers that's uh-huh. it that's all they're wearing and it's yeah. like and it was um cold of course and that's all everybody was wearing everybody's just having a blast yeah. it's like and my fiance she, uh, she bought dropped like 300 bucks in my outfit it's by not by means but i'll never have to buy another base layer and it's like, the nice thing is i only yeah. wear it when i go out in the cold weather yep. and so it's like when you really put it when you put it into perspective it's like i'm only you wearing it maybe 
maybe a hundred hours a year. And yeah. that really isn't a whole lot. Cause I mean, you're talking months cause you're talking from September all the way down to end of December. Yep. And so, but you're only really wearing in November and December. So it's like, you're even shorting your hours down there too. Cause you throw in a significant other and you throw in kids. Good luck. Yeah. It, yep. it, it is. And it's like, and I got lucky like where Alicia loves hunting with me. So it's like, yeah. it's great. And then my daughter's right in the same pace for you. And you don't have kids yet. Does no. your, does your wife hunt with you? Um, she, she doesn't hunt a lot with me because uh, I'm quite a bit more serious than she is. Mm-hmm. So, but she she gun hunts with her family. Um, it's a tradition that she always gun mm-hmm. hunts the first weekend, and uh-huh. and if we're out pheasant hunting, she always walks along. And, and mm-hmm. I've taken her turkey hunting and stuff like that. But as far as uh, like whitetail hunting, um, we kind of that's one of our separate things that I can do on my own, and and she can go shopping. But, Fair enough. Yeah. You know, you, you have to have a balance, you know, the yin and the yang. So I get yeah. it. So like for Alicia, she hates the cold. So it's like okay. once it starts to hit like uh, when, when the the highest 30, it's like, well, I only have a small window. So it's like yeah. I had to pick. Are we doing a night set or a morning set? <laughs> for me, I will set all day long. I will yeah. bring them extra battery, battery charger. But with her, like uh, we did our newest uh, venture was picking up heated socks. Okay. That's yeah. a game changer. Yeah. That's a game changer. Because yep. it's like you don't need, because you don't have to have them running all day long. It's like yep. you run them when your feet go cold and that's it. And it's like, and the deal, the discount she gets for uh, working again outdoors is ridiculous. Yeah. So it's like, I really, I'm really impressed with them. We got the battery operated ones. They're really easy to turn on, easy to access through yep. your bibs and stuff. So it's like, yep. yeah, my is, buddy has a set of those and he always throws it in my face when we're out there white tail hunting and it's cold and mm-hmm. might text each other back and forth. It's like, yeah, my feet are freezing. He's like, ah, oh, mine are good. <laughs> but that is that's what i found like if you're gonna if you're gonna have a successful partner out there hunting with you especially if you're like if you like have uh children or or any females that matter if you can keep their feet warm man they're yeah. golden man they're happy oh, so yeah. it's like i spent a lot of money in hot hands because <laughs> yep. you know yep. how a hot hands got those like four inch pads you yep. just throw those in your back pockets and you're sitting pretty oh yeah setting pretty yep and so but um we've been thinking about like really looking at uh um, putting a a permanent structure out there but not actually permanently in the ground so it's like something we can easily pull off with a sled or a bobcat you know and easily take down and like doing that as a way to be able to incorporate all three of us me her and my daughter so this way then she we can be be last all day long out there and it'd be great and like be able to figure out a way to mask our sound make sure it's comfortable and as looking at some of the things like you know if i just put this on a sled platform It'd be perfect, you know, and, we, and there's a couple of spots where it's main traffic, you know, just getting into it. Yeah. And uh, once we get out the uh, off the podcast, I'll show you how the land lays and stuff like that. And we're like, it's like we're at a we're at the, the we're at the tip of the funnel. Yeah. So if you know how if you've seen a big old funnel, like, well, they, they bed someplace else, but whether yeah. they walk because we because we have the only open water that's available to them. Oh, Plus, nice. it's like it allows them to, to walk in the in the corridor where they got coverage. Yeah. Now, when there's uh corn up in the fields it made things very difficult yeah I bet. very difficult yeah. and so even with calling and stuff like that it's like if, they, if they're not horny they're just not coming yeah and it's like, and i learned some really unique things by listening to other podcasts about like if you're going to be talking you want to talk behind you so this way because the deer is going to come the opposite way yeah. so it's like if you, if you know they're coming from the south you talk to the, the north and they'll come around because like i've had deer circle around me and all of a sudden i hear them just run off. It's like they, they they got right on top of us. Saw us and took off because I've never been smell, never been uh, busted by smell. It's always by by line of sight. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's my my scent game's on point because all year <laughs> long I use these these discs yep. and, and and I throw them in all my containers. Yep. Even even my even my pack. 
I have one inside there too. And even my, my, it's like, everything's always covered with them and I rarely wash them anyways. Yeah. And it's like, I don't like the ones that I, the, the layers you get sweated, you sweat in and those are the ones you wash. Yep. The, the top layers, I tend to don't bother looking yep. with those, washing those. It's like, you know, if it's working, don't jinx it. Yeah. Unless like I had a friend of mine that loved dousing his, his, his outfits and, and dough urine. Oh. I tell you what, never shot one. Yeah. <laughs> It's always yeah. it's always been out of a out of a ground blind or out of a tree sign when we actually shoot them. So like yeah. so it's like but then again it's like why would you want to lure the educate the deer to where you're setting it? It's like that never made sense to me, but yeah, it is what it is. So needless to say, him and I don't hunt anymore. So yeah. <laughs> so since starting the life out there, have you noticed any changes in how you experience the outdoors? Uh, I I definitely feel as I I have noticed some changes. Um, feel as I'm a little bit more laid back with uh, with my desire for personal success. Okay. Um, I guess, I mean, obviously I still want to shoot something nice or whatever, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. uh, just how I interact with everything while I'm spending time out there has become more important to me. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I guess I find myself taking a lot more pictures. I've, I mean, I've always been the one that has taken like photos of people with their success or whatever, but uh-huh. just spending time out there, sitting in the stand, taking a lot of pictures and, and just trying to pay attention to, pay more attention to the little details uh, that are going around, and uh, whether that's, I guess, hunting on my own or mm-hmm. just spending time with friends and family out there. Um, and I mean, like I said, I I still have those goals of, of harvesting a, an elk in the future or um, shooting a big turkey every season or filling my limit of roosters, but um, I just. I have a deeper desire now to, to take everything in um, and just share those experiences with others, um, whether it's through the blog or in person, um, getting people out there. So Yes, and I know it's like you guys got to take some really good pictures now. Do you do you do most of the photography? Yeah, I take probably 90-some percent of the pictures that we have on there. Oh, um, I got you. So now I noticed that, um, and I'm cruising through your website while I'm talking to you too as well, but... The, the Bobcat Kill. Is that the one you're talking about from yeah. your wife? Yeah. That's the one on there. So so yeah. everybody out there, I'm going to put a link on the in the bio, and also I'm going to broadcast that, that YouTube video so you can watch it because it's it's remarkable on yeah. how such a so much, um, what's what I'm looking for here, so much ferocity come out of such a small yeah. package. I mean, yep. you don't you don't monkey with them. And some of your, your overview shots are freaking nice. And I saw your, your coyote gun. That is sharp. <laughs> That is yeah, sharp. Yeah, I got a couple of those. I'm a little, so. I'm a little envious of those ones right there, man. Yeah. I just got to put some more rounds through it at animals, not just targets. No kidding, no kidding. <laughs> well, I was out uh, target shooting here back in early January, and uh, come to find out my uh, my vertical is all up, is backwards. So up was yeah. down, down was up, and it's like, but we couldn't get the horizontal line back up, so yeah. I, had to, I had to send my target, or my scope into Vortex to get taken care of. Uh-huh. And I know it's like both of you guys are just straight Vortex. It's uh, like, actually, I have a lot of lot of different options out there, but that's uh, true. I know uh, Mike. Mike, he yeah, he was big vortex. Um, now with him working for uh, Velocity, they have center point optics, so he's kind of putting some of those through the paces and learning more about those. But mm-hmm. yeah, Vortex is incredible company. I mean, lifetime warranty of no matter what happens, you send it in and mm-hmm. they'll fix it. So exactly because yeah. the nice thing is like some of the pictures you have on here like i want to look at like i went into your link is like mike uh tom's or luke's gear here and you got a picture of two coyotes in the ground and you got your tactic cam attached to your yeah. scope and it's like 
that's a nice uh, mm-hmm. tripod there too, man. It's like you you're going out there, sitting uncomfortable. Have you ever heard of um uh drive um Joe Freibler? Yeah, right. yeah, yep. he's he. Uh, him and I've been trying to get set down on a podcast, but his uh, schedule is very busy because oh, I, I mean imagine. he takes his coyote season hunting season. Yep. Very, I mean, he was yep. just out in uh, Ohio to go out to uh, Icotech. That's what I shoot. I use the Icotech. I love it, man. Yeah. It, it they are a good solid brand. Yep. I got the GC three twenty. It's got a little um, uh, decoy out there, but yep. the range on it's three hundred yards. So it's like yep. that's pretty nice to be able to have that separation between because. Depending on where you're at, Wisconsin, southern Minnesota, it's like there's a lot of open space, oh, yeah. and it's like yep. you need to be because those those dogs are smart. They they learn quickly. Yeah. And then uh, Alicia's uh, grandpa, that man has a coyote fanatic. Yeah. He's you know, he's got multiple guns, multiple setups. It's like like just like yourself. Yeah. And it just it's just it, he's just he's got a he built. He makes his own loads and stuff like that. Yep. And it's like he yep. just knows what's going on. And like I figured, like oh, I'll take my thirty out six out there. We'll get it scoped <laughs> in, you know, and no problem. Yep. Then that's where it's like I need, and I can. When he's baffled, it's like all right, we're done. Yeah, we're done. Because yep. it's like there's no sense in, in going more over the top than that. Then let's see here. Yeah, because I'm looking. It's like you like the uh, their base layers first light UA or uh, Under Armour. So it's like you got some pretty good solid setup there. Except you have to update your Hort charger now to the, the RX yep, one. Yeah, I got a few updates I got to do on that list. Uh, yeah. I have to put out a blog sometime on those those updates, those changes. Is not the truth? Let's see here. I was just kind of. It's like it's always fun looking at the your the information you have on there because it's just so much. There's so much information out there to really like to kind of look at what you what you want to go with because where Mike's is very straightforward. Like he's got he's got his yep, this is where he's, but you yeah. you you got all kinds of different to provide people for that. To, to, to gain knowledge from your guys' experiences and failures. Now, what are some of your goals for life out there? Uh, I guess the goals for life out there are just to, to keep experiencing all that the great outdoors have to offer uh, for Mike and I and others to keep going on adventures and, and learning new things. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing that will that'll allow us to uh-huh. share what we encounter with others and, and push us to keep doing more. Um, makes sense in turn hopefully that would allow us to to continue growing and, and learn even more from from others out there around the country because mm-hmm. uh, we both know that mike and i know that we're not experts on everything mm-hmm. um, we know mm-hmm. a lot but no i'm just kidding yeah um, yeah it's i mean we just we have a lot of failures so we can share a lot of our mistakes. hundred percent. hundred percent on that. I agree with there. So then uh, do you guys have any upcoming hunts this spring, this summer, or this um, fall anywhere? Nothing set in stone right now, but I mean, we we're talking about doing some different things and mm-hmm. of course with Turkey season coming up, that's going to, that would just be in Wisconsin to start with. And mm-hmm. got plans. Eventually a, a buddy of mine and I, um, we would like to try and do the the slam, the turkey slam. No kidding. Uh, yeah, uh, that would be a a process though to travel around and do that. Yeah, you get down to because yeah, I think the your most difficult one is hunting down there in the Sonoran Desert between Arizona and Mexico. That'll be yeah. getting that uh, gold circle turkey. That's yep. I yep. understand from what I've heard from uh, from people that have hit the the slam. That's one of the harder birds to hit. Oh, yeah. yep. So we because we have the eastern bird up here, don't we? Yep. That's what I think is from yep. what I've read. Yeah, the uh, eastern is by far the. Uh, I guess the widest range and mm-hmm. highest numbers, and plus yeah. it's like it has a good high survival rate too. I mean, yep. only they may last three years, maybe four if you're lucky. But it's like they they they're very hardy birds, especially for around here. Yeah. Uh, now, do you plan on doing a video later on down the road for life out there? Um, I mean, I've I've dabbled a little bit with 
mm-hmm. like some tacticam footage and, and playing around with a drone now. Um, uh-huh. But, I mean, as of right now, we don't have any, uh, I guess, desires to, like, do a, a hunting show. Yeah, um, true. It's a very saturated to, market yeah, out there. Just to kind of, I mean, take little videos here and there just to kind of help share mm-hmm. what we've got mm-hmm. going on. Smart. Uh, because the nice thing about like Facebook as you develop your following and in Instagram yep. so like you can do fifteen second clips stuff like well, that about uh, like especially since Mike's on the road and stuff like that and with all the different products he has access to yep. he can he can throw out a quick fifteen minute like why I like it why I hate it exactly don't. yep yep I keep pushing him more and more to try and do some of that because he's like you said he's always he's got access to a lot of different mm-hmm. stuff I mean going to ATA and Shot Show um, I mean us normal folk yeah would just dream of going to stuff like that no so i told him you gotta you gotta kind of brag about that a little bit mm-hmm. uh, yeah and so. especially get to see what's all going on about what's what's coming out for the new new trends yep. and what the uh what the what the market's moving towards and what the market's moving away from especially for those who are looking to start build opening their own shop yeah uh mm-hmm. doing their own drop shipping thing are you no do you guys sell your merch too as well or do you guys just, uh, just make your right merch now we just we just sell hats um, okay uh, I mean, we're trying to keep up with that because they seem to go a lot faster than what we thought they were going to. I gotcha. Uh, so kind of dealing with back orders and stuff like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. right now we're just selling some hats on the side. and mm-hmm. But it's mostly just, mm-hmm. I mean, our goals are just to keep sharing, sharing our content. Um, and if some other doors open or opportunities open because of that, then mm-hmm. I guess we'll just see where it takes us. But yeah. yeah, it's mostly about the content and just sharing with other people for now. There's a, there's a few v- vendors around here that will that will do drop shipping. What not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with drop shipping is, but what it is is that they buy everything. Nothing gets made until it's ordered, and so oh, yeah. like and, you, and that's what you know. Instead of having it shipped to you and then shipped back out, well, a person can go on your website to lifeoutthere.com, order their hats, and then you send the invoice to the clinic to the the shop, they make it, send it right to the to the oh, yeah. customer. So this way, then now you're not only with over, uh, dealing with um, overhead or having inventory, yeah. but the the people get the products out there much quicker. Yeah. And plus, you can explain to them it's like, hey, this is this is dropship. It's going to take X amount of days to get to you. Don't worry about it. It's like, and plus, you can always provide um, tracking numbers to really because this way, then you guys can have that residual incoming in income yeah. coming in. But on top of that. Uh, being able to actually fund some of your trips, yeah, you know, yeah. that's, yeah, that's how uh, look into something like that. That's how Bucks of America have gotten. That's how we've gotten to become so big. Because yeah. I mean, we started in. Uh, if you watch, if you listen to our first episode, Cody Neer gives a breakdown of how we originated back in twenty thirteen and what what we've massed into. Yeah. So it's it's quite the the whole aspect of everything, and then the podcast, the blogging, the videos. It's like it's been kind of like a a blessing in disguise, and how things yep. have been moving forward and such. And that's something that you guys could look into, and I can always point you in the right direction for yeah, more definitely. info on that. Yeah. As of right now, I mean, we don't even have a an actual store on our website. It's just been, I mean, mm-hmm. shoot us a message, and we'll try and hook you up with a hat. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, it'd be that's, something to look into. There you go. Yeah, and the nice thing is too, it's like I'm actually like I I am starting a side project where. I flip and sell like different cards, like either it be magic or football or, oh, or yeah. basketball, or whatever, like whatever the high end is going on. And like I spend the extra money to buy a better box and then turn around and I, I'm going to take the, the profit from that and I want to eventually open it, get into engraving. Oh, yeah. And it's like we've seen some really beautiful engravings. Like, you know, that'd be really fun because I've always, yeah. li- I've always liked being creative, but I, I can't draw or 
paint or anything like that, but I can, I'm good with computers. Yeah. And I can always make something with that and being able to like, it'd be awesome to like, to be able to make, um, gun handles for like life out there and put your logo right there and yeah. stuff like that, or even put them on stocks, like stuff like that. But it's, it's, it's going to take some time to get there because yeah. finding the right one that's going to do what you need it to do. And also ventilation is the key because I've been, I've been, I've only been re- researching this for a short period of time. Yeah. So there's a, and nice thing is one of the, one of my colleagues from Axe Outdoors, his dad actually work, has been working on lasers for a lot of years and he can point me in direction oh, yeah. for something that will be will meet my needs, but it's like it's not going to be a budget. I'm looking to spend at least in between two to five grand on one. Yeah. Just because it's like I want something that has a stable product uh, product line along with support. Yeah. Because it's like I want to be able to call someone like, hey, I'm having this issue. It's like, oh, wait, you fix it. This is how you fix it. Because yeah. it's like I found that if like if you buy something that actually doesn't have a, a large support behind it or a, a public following, you're gonna you're gonna struggle a lot more than something that does. It's yeah. like, well, might as well spend the extra money. Like when you want, like why people buy Sitka, why people buy First Light, um, Vortex. They have that knowledge base behind yeah, it because way then you you have it. So um, at the end of my podcast, I usually ask about three questions. My first question is, is uh, what is your favorite game to hunt? I know we touched a paste upon it, but just to reiterate it. Yeah, it's got to be whitetails. Whitetails. Um, maybe someday it'll turn into elk or something like that, but uh, Very just cool. diehard whitetail for right now. What is your favorite meat to eat? Doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be game meat. Game meat. It could be any meat. What is your favorite go-to meat? Um, I would probably say elk. Elk? Uh, yeah. Mike, he shot a bull several years ago now. Uh, mm-hmm. He kind of let me... Well, he gave me some of the meat from that, and it is phenomenal. Delicious. Yeah. And then actually my boss uh, at my day job, he raises elk. Mm-hmm. So he'll bring in some meat every now and then for cookouts and whatnot. And it, very neat. Yeah, so then I would say elk is probably my favorite. Very cool. Now, so when he um, raises his elk, does he, does he sell the velvet then, or does he sell the meat? Um, does... He he sells. He used to actually sell some bulls for hunts around the area to game farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, that market has kind of died down a little bit uh, mm-hmm. for him um so yeah he sells velvet um he'll cut off some of the antlers and sell some of those and mm-hmm. so yeah it's i think it's probably costing him more money than than anything yeah but. i was wondering how, how can you stay afloat on that yeah. i mean that's that's a that's a, a pricey business now my last question is for you is what is your favorite fish to catch uh favorite fish i mean i love walleyes uh Northerns are fun just because they mm-hmm. put up such a fight. Yeah. Uh, I like the challenge of muskies. Um, I don't, I'm not a really successful muskie fisherman, but it's just, it's fun. I, you, from what I understand, I, I'm going to have um, Luke, another Luke that's going to be, he runs a, um, a Twitter thing, and I'm actually going to go to a couple muskie uh, fundraisers in the next couple of months. And how I'm gonna bring him on? We're gonna talk about musky fishing, yeah. and he's he, he's got he's he's got taking pictures with some of our products. I'll send you some some of it. I'll send you his uh, information. But yeah. he is the go-to guy. He usually spends one or two weeks in the spring, one mm. or two weeks in the fall, going out there. I mean, he brings in some monsters. Yeah. So this is the guy I talked to, but he said it's not easy. You you'll you'll spend eighty hours before you catch your first oh, one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And how yep. you'll you'll cast more than you'll catch. Yep. But you know that's why we go after these big fish because yep. it's like just to be able to get them on there and watch them do the figure eight. Because I mean, when I first looking at how popular musky fishing is and watch them do this big old figure yep. eight, yep. And like and. 
I, I never, I knew the question. I knew the answer to the question is like, how long do you keep continue doing the figure eight? Yeah. And it's like, you don't stop until they can't, until you yeah, exactly. bite it. It's like, yeah. so you could, you could be watching them, but I've watched yeah. people. It's like the higher up uh, GoPros or oh, yeah. be somebody will have a, a drone and they're want somebody's catching them and they'll like, yep. they'll, they'll fire it off right away and or fire it off as soon as they get the, it comes in the picture and you just, Getting a bird's eye view of it, it's like that's just impressive. Yeah. You see this big 120 inch mm. monster come to it. it's like this dinosaur. It's uh, like crazy. Yeah, so, my my good buddy's grandparents they actually own a resort up in uh, Kenora, mm-hmm. up in Canada there. And so going up there, I mean they have they have muskies and northerns and walleyes, and so it's just it's always so much fun going up there because there's such a variety. And we've had some encounters with some monster muskies up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I have yet to catch a muskie up there, mm-hmm. but man, we've seen some big fish. Oh, I bet. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. And like, and it's the colder waters too. Like October seems to be the very the prime time to hit after them. Yep. And uh, so, where can people connect with you and life out out life out there? Um, probably the easiest way to get a hold of of us at life out there is just to go to our website. Mm-hmm. It's life hyphen out hyphen there dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got links to our, our Facebook and YouTube and mm-hmm. Instagram accounts. Mm-hmm. But uh, Facebook, that one is Life Out There 1. Uh, somebody else must have beat us to it. So mm-hmm. we're number one afterwards. Uh, Instagram is Life Period Out Period There. Mm-hmm. Um, and then YouTube, don't have a lot of videos on there, but kind of slowly working on that. And mm-hmm. that's just Life Out There blog. So, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's, like I said, the easiest way is probably just go to our website and, and click around there and then mm-hmm. check the links and see the videos and pictures and, and all that. Well, the nice thing is when you guys produce your videos, they're, they're good quality. It's like... Yeah, try. Yeah, try. it's like... I, me personally, it's like I don't care if you produce like six videos a week. It's like I, I'd rather have like two, one or two really good ones a month yeah. and have a whole bunch because it's like I'd rather quality over quantity because it's like you you can get lost in translation especially yep. if you're trying to emphasize a one particular thing and it's like you're like well you, as long as you people people appreciate a good quality one but yeah. I, from what i understand is that a good mile marker to keep people's attention is right around six to seven minutes for youtube videos yeah. is and as long as the message is really good because our attention spans get smaller and smaller yep. and smaller yeah. and most of the ones that I kind of do are just around that minute mark, so I can put them on Instagram and stuff like that. Makes sense to me. But, I, uh, plus, they're easy to up, they're faster to upload too, yeah, and you don't yep. lose you don't lose a whole lot of quality on them yep. as well, yeah. which is biggest thing when we're uploading stuff because it's where you lose it. So there you have yep. it, folks. It's been a pleasure talking to Luke Thompson here. You can, like you said, you can find him on all those platforms, and then please check out lifeoutlifeoutthere.com. Don't forget the hyphens, but. Uh, Thank you guys for all listening. You guys have a great day. Yeah, and just wanted to give a big shout out to Jeff and oh, Bucks of you. America and say thanks for having having me on. So thanks. Fantastic, sir. Thank you.